0: Hey, this is David Schultz, audio producer here at Bloomberg Law. Just wanted to let you know we've created a couple new ways for you to interact with us. If you have feedback on this episode or any of our other podcasts, please give us a call and leave us a voicemail at 703-341-3690. That's 703-341-3690. We might just use your comments in a future episode. You can also reach out to us by email at podcast at BloombergLaw.com or on Twitter, at b We would love to hear your thoughts. People across America are starting to slowly head back into the office, and some employers are saying, hey, if you wanna go back, and if you wanna keep working here at all, you have to get the vaccine. Today on the podcast, we're looking at the lawsuits resulting from these vaccine mandates, and the impact they'll have even if they get tossed out of court. Hello, you're listening to On the Merits, the new legal news podcast from Bloomberg Law. So earlier this year, we put out a video that asked the question, can your employer force you to get a COVID-19 vaccine? It's a great video, I'll put a link in the description. In that video, Robert Ayafola, a Bloomberg Law reporter who covers labor and employment issues, had this to say.
1: So over the next few months, we're gonna see how some of these theoretical issues play out in real life. We'll see what companies end up imposing vaccine mandates. We'll see what industries those mandates come in. And we'll see how courts treat arguments against these mandates.
0: That was around five months ago, and oh, how the world has changed since then. But one thing that hasn't changed is that Robert is still on top of this story. And he actually just did some really interesting reporting this week about where we're at. Yes, there are some employers who are mandating that their workers get the shot, And yes, this has led to litigation. We rang up Robert to talk about his latest article, and he says that the basis of this first batch of lawsuits stems from the fact that, technically, the FDA hasn't yet given the vaccines its final stamp of approval.
1: Um, The FDA has a process for um, approving medical products um, in an emergency setting, such as a global pandemic. The products, in this case, the vaccine still gets put through uh, quite a bit of testing, but that it's a sped up process um, to ad- address the fact that you know the product is needed desperately. So the primary difference, uh, to my understanding, is the amount of follow-up data that's needed for full authorization. The FDA uh, generally wants at least six months of follow-up data. Uh, for the EUA, the Emergency Use Authorization, uh, they generally want two months of follow-up data. Um, so again, that allows them to uh, to get the, the product out there faster. We have three vaccines currently. They're all operating under EUA. Um, two of the three, um, the Pfizer and the Moderna uh, vaccines, the companies have put in for full authorization. Uh, so that process is, is moving forward. Um, uh, j and J's a little bit behind. Uh, J&J got its emergency use authorization, I believe, uh, in late February, uh, whereas the other two got their authorization um, sometime in the middle of December. So there's a little bit ahead.
0: That makes sense. Um, but it sounds like these lawsuits that you wrote about, the basic gist here is that employers cannot force their employees to get the vaccines because they haven't been, they haven't received final approval from the FDA yet. Is, is that the, the basic gist here?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, the different litigants have sort of fashioned different legal arguments, but it's based on that same general premise.
0: So how many lawsuits are we talking about here? Like, where, where have they been filed and who are the defendants?
1: So there's just a handful uh, that I've been able to identify at this point. Three of the four were filed in federal court. Uh, the fourth was uh, filed in uh, Texas State Court. That one's against Houston Methodist Hospital, a uh, uh, hospital chain in Texas with about uh, 26,000 employees. Uh, the other three are filed against um, LAUSD, uh, the LA Unified School District uh, in Los Angeles there, a uh, detention center in New Mexico, and a sheriff's office in a in North Carolina.
0: And I should we should say most of these are suits, I guess three of the four seem to be pretty, you know, vanilla um, lawsuits that we come across you and I, you know, every day. Uh, But the one in Texas had some uh, interesting language. Uh, You could even say pretty inflammatory language. Can you can you get into some of the claims from the Texas lawsuit and and why that one's seems a little different than the other three?
1: You're right that it's uh, unusual um, when it comes to uh, the language that lawyers deploy uh, in in lawsuits. It is a little bit uh, more peppery um, than your typical lawsuit. There's a claim in the lawsuit that the hospital's vaccine mandate uh, would be a violation of the Nuremberg Code, which, of course, was a a set of um, ethical principles developed uh, after the Nazi atrocities, uh, the experimentations on um, concentration camp victims uh, in the Second World War.
0: So this suit is essentially equating uh, a the a vaccine mandate by a hospital to its employees with the Nazis.
1: Is that right? There's a connotation there, uh, certainly. Uh, there's some other language in there, um, you know, suggesting that this is forcing the employees to be human guinea pigs and um, that the hospital has its um, sights on profits and not people by instituting these mandates.
0: So I I guess the reason why I brought that up is because some of them are a little out there. Um, But you talked to a law professor who had some really fascinating stuff to say. He said, this was Nicholas Bagley, a law professor at the University of Michigan. He said that even though these lawsuits are almost certainly going to get thrown out of court, they are already just by virtue of being filed having an effect in that they're making employers a little more reticent to issue vaccine mandates to their employees. Can
1: you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of reasons why uh, people file lawsuits. There's a a public relations aspect to it. There's a a public communication aspect to it. Um, These lawsuits are definitely keying in on um, some resistance that there that exists out there uh, in the American public about vaccines. Uh, these vaccines in particular and just vaccines in general, you know there is an anti-vaccine movement in this country. Um, as far as employers being concerned about being hit with these lawsuits, uh, I have talked to uh, some employment lawyers that have suggested that we're going to see more mandates once, Uh, these vaccines get full authorization uh, that if their legal departments might be a little bit scared or if their HR departments maybe don't want to deal with uh, the hassle of trying to implement a a vaccine mandate, the threat of these type of lawsuits um, are a reason, some might say, an excuse um, not to impose a a
0: vaccine mandate. And and I should say, it's worth noting that it sounds like there's some a lot of precedent for employers to require vaccines for vaccines that have final approval, is that right?
1: Yes, yes, there's nothing new about um vaccine mandates. Um know, yeah, they've been used in the healthcare industry for quite a while, uh, you know, influenza, measles, mumps, rubella, these sort of things. Yeah. Uh
0: and finally, you know, let's talk about what happens if employers don't require their employees to get the vaccine. Um you know which most employers are not uh if employers don't require their employees to get the vaccine and they bring all their employees back into the office and someone gets covid uh, at the office that seems like that's another uh, type of liability that an employer could face it seems like they're almost in an impossible situation where you know employers are wanting to bring their employees back into the office but they need everyone to be vaccinated and how, you know, either they can require it and get sued, or not require it and still get sued?
1: It's an interesting question. And, you know, employers are are taking different uh, directions. As far as the liability they might face uh, were someone to get sick in the office, um, they actually have pretty good protections there. Um, 30 states have passed these uh, COVID liability shield laws, about 30 states, um, that essentially protect employers from lawsuits from consumers that would get sick um, and from workers that would get sick. On the workplace side, they didn't even really need these uh, COVID liability shields because there's already the workers' compensation system uh, that protects them from getting sued for wor- workers getting hurt in the workplace. That being said, I think it's interesting that the lawsuits that we've seen so far, they're not a they're against companies that have mandates and which companies have those mandates right now well it's in education it's in healthcare, it's in um public safety these are institutions that um you know it's, they don't have a typical consumer business type of relationship um you know they have a little bit more of a duty to care um than a restaurant would have you know a hospital certainly does as far as what employers should do I've been talking to employment lawyers about um you know the potentials for vaccine mandates before the vaccines were authorized and even at that point uh the consensus that I was hearing was that uh you know particularly for private employers vaccine mandates are more trouble than they're worth uh, that has a lot to do with um employee relations you know people don't like this sort of thing it's uh you could have a situation like the Houston Methodist situation where the hospital says they have 99% compliance, but then some of that 1% are filing this lawsuit uh, to challenge the mandate. Um, so yeah, employers are put in an odd position, and uh, it's really a, a case-by-case scenario. Um, you know, What sort of ethical obligation do they feel towards uh, the people that they serve and the workers uh, that labor for them? Um, what sort of exposure they have to lawsuits, be it these sort of EUA lawsuits um, or be it some sort of attempt at a, a tort lawsuit um, you know, for someone who gets sick. Um, yes, yeah, definitely uh, chestnut checkers. <laughs> All right. Well, that was
0: Robert Iafola uh, speaking to us uh, about COVID vaccine mandate lawsuits. Uh, Robert, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. That'll do it for today's episode of On the Merits. It was produced by myself, David Schultz. Our editor is Jessica Coombs, and our executive producer is Josh Block. Reach out to us on Twitter if you have anything on your mind. We use the handle at BLAW. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next week. For our next season of Uncommon Law, we're looking at the regulatory future of big tech.
1: The giants need to be broken up. Facebook, Google, all of them.
0: Is big tech impinging on your right to free speech?
1: They've had unchecked power to censor, restrict, edit, shape, hide, alter. Misinformation, disinformation. It's like a big Venn diagram.
0: We do not want to become the arbiters of truth.
1: We're calling this series Unchecked. Just search for Uncommon Law wherever you get your podcasts.